The workforce has truly changed. Where it used to be you'd work somewhere for 50 years, get a gold watch and away you go. Now people are changing jobs more rapidly every couple of years. If you've been with a company five years, some people look at your resume and go, you've been, you know, they haven't changed for a while. They're just too stuck in their ways. But most people are looking at changing in the same industry or doing something similar. Well, our guest today has done some wildly different things. An army sniper, a corporate cameraman. Uh, He ran a kids' entertainment academy online with a business partner based out of the UK and many other things with a few underlying themes throughout. But I'm really interested to hear what his idea of success is and why he changed and why it changed so vastly from what he was doing. And more importantly, what's up next? Let's find out. Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his What? It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Merry. Uh, now, I've heard it said that it used to be you worked for a company for about 25, 35 years, then you get the golden watch. Whereas nowadays, it's every couple of years you change. But there's a gentleman that I'm chatting with today who has changed jobs, not only changed jobs, but changed not only industries, but parts of the world that he's worked. And I'm really interested to find out more about what's caused the change, how you deal with change, how much the change is forced. He's been a sniper, a cameraman for the country's biggest broadcaster, um, a magician, uh, a video entrepreneur, a child entertainment academy owner. Uh, and now he shares a lot of the secrets to his success. Will you please welcome to the show, Julian Mather. Welcome. Hello, Warwick. Uh, lovely being here. Thank you for being here. Now I'm going to start with a question I always ask everybody. What, how do you define success? For someone who has done so much in so many different parts of the world, I'm really interested as to how you would define success. Yeah, for me, it's very easy. It's lack of regret. If I go into a room and, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of wealthy people there, there's a whole lot of uh, academically gifted people there. uh, I feel the richest person in the room because I go to the grave hand on my heart with no regrets for anything I've ever done. Bar, bar. A couple of times I've opened my mouth and just should have shut up and said some hurtful things to people. Apart from those things, I have no regrets. And that's my measure of success. That's, that's a fantastic measure. Um, I'm just, I'm really interested. I've you know, done a little bit of research and had a bit of a look into your background. You, you have really, what looks from the outside, bounced from pillar to post. But after finding a bit more of the detail, all of your changes really have made sense. What's been some of the driving forces? Like after 25 years with the Australian Broadcasting Commission, what forced you to change from being someone who is quite gifted as a cameraman and continues to be? I've seen some of your educational videos on camera work in it's absolute gold. For someone who's been gifted that to, and having written a book about it, the second best job in the world, to then move on to different things, what's, what's caused that change? I've only worked this out in the last couple of years because I've been quite trying to quantify that for a long time, Uh, but I'm pretty much sure I've got it nailed now. I've worked out that my love of learning 
is greater than my ego. So I get juiced up like, you know, by that, you know, in that, when, when, when you're in the zone, when you're in the flow of learning, I mean, to me, that just makes me feel alive. So when I reached a point where I start to plateau, mm. I start to get frustrated and I've just worked out there's, there's a balance. I would rather then leave what I've become successful in and go back to ground zero and start from nothing and lose that, that, that status and all that positioning and start again, and I'm in that position now, This is, so, and I'll be in that position again, I, I can tell you that. I prefer to be in that position than to feel flat uh, that you know, my learning and, and my potential is not being realized. Mm. And, no, you know, and, so, and, and, and that ties in also with that metric of success because my metric of success is, is not money. I mean, I need to have enough money to survive I get that. Uh, but th- then apart from that, it's just about, you know, what, you know, what can, what can I do? What don't I know now? And what potentially can I do that I thought I could never once do? And that's been the whole way along all these things. I, I mean, I, when I was an army sniper, I'd never picked up a rifle and I thought, well, okay, gee whiz, if they can do it, what do I need to learn? It's always about what do I need to learn? And if I don't know what I need to uh, learn, then I, my next thing is in who do I ask? Right. And then when I find out what I need to learn, I go back to step one is what do I need to learn? And if I don't know that, who do I need to ask? And it's this simple little machine. And I, I almost call it this sort of like little uh, motivation machine that runs inside me. It's like a little engine to and it just keeps going around and around. And that, you know, like it's very simple, but that's, that's, that's all I do. Now, a lot of these changes or having a, uh, well, it's not even a career. It's like having a history of multiple careers and careers within careers is not common. So how has it been for the people who support you and who are around you, like family and friends? Like as an example, when I started my own business and got out of the corporate world, my parents were like, don't do that. Stay in it. It's safe and secure. You know, know, um, the fact that the company I was working for has since no longer exists is it's not quite secure, but how have your family and friends reacted to, for example, after so many years, um, in the ABC to then go and do your own thing or after having an online training course that you've been obviously earning some good money from to then go and do something completely different. How have, how have the people who are your support reacted to all of that? <laughs> Rolled their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they must get to the point now. It's like, oh God, here he goes again. Yeah. It's actually, I mean, just when I'm sitting here on outside the door, I, I, I have a couple of just A4 bits of paper I've written on, uh, so when people see it, because this is my, uh, like my cave where I, I, I do all my creation down here and, you know, uh, yeah, the man with an idea is, is a crank until the, you know, the idea succeeds. And, you know, that's sort of what people um, expect, I, you know, I guess, of me. But they're, look, they're very supportive. I, you know, I have a wonderful wife who, um, and, you know, uh, she, she is supportive, but that doesn't come without friction. You know, that's just a reality of, of living. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because she's of a different mindset. 
than, than I am. You know, I'm very much a contextual thinker. I mean, I'm up here joining dots. What are the possibilities if I took that and put it with that? Oh, how could that go there? Where she's very much the content driven, the nuts and bolts and uh, keeps the whole system running. And, and, and that's a lovely relationship. And one thing I, uh, you know, and you, you can't plan for that. That's just sort of luck. Um, but I had a business partner in one of my previous incarnations. Uh, I ran the world's first online training academy for professional children's entertainers. Now, my, the reason that happened was I started off, you know, making these, these online courses in the world of magic. And I got an email from a guy in the UK who said, oh, look, I've seen what you're doing. I'm doing that in the UK. We should talk. And I, you know, and I politely just responded to the email. Yeah, you know, oh, thanks, thanks, mate. All, all very good. But anyway, I, I luckily had a Skype session with him. And you know the old story of there's a kid in some you know, rainforest in South Africa and he finds a broken pendant in the forest and it's like got a jagged edge on it. It's like half a pendant. And then his quest is to travel the world and find the other person with the other half of the pendant and you put those two halves of the pendant together and gazam, magic happens. This guy was that, that, that guy. He was the other half of my pendant. And we worked... Our skills were so complementary to each other and we achieved so much more than we could have ever achieved by ourselves. And um, that's how it is with my wife as, as well. And again, I mean, that, that wasn't planned. Um, but, you know, taking chances with, with other people is, I, I think, really important um, to, you know, uh, seeing where, where, where things go. And I mean, you know, you've got to put, you know, levels of protection in with that um but that success that that, that came online for me uh, just never would have happened unless mm. I'd, I'd met up with this guy what are the underlying themes that seems to happen in all of your incarnations is magic whether it's um doing some of the magic tricks when you're with the cameraman just sort of amusing the local kids whether it's doing the magic kids tricks for the kids in schools as you did for a while, filtering some lessons, be it the online training for kids entertainment, be it now what you're doing, um, you know, sharing some of your messages and entertaining audiences and using some of the, some magic to, to do that. So when did the magic enter your life and how important is it to you and everything that you're doing? Look, it's okay. It is really important to me there there's been a number of themes that have come in um magic is one and and a rope is the other and and they they, they actually come together there's 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 an intersection of these two so the rope and I'll get back to back to the magic this is all tied together the rope is that uh, I got into climbing and mountaineering for about 15 years or so and when you climb with someone you you literally um put your, your life in the hands of another person when they, they, they hold the rope. And you spend, you know, days living in the vertical with somebody else uh, in a very uh, real and raw and, and honest way. And, ro and the rope, you've always got a rope between your hands somehow. Uh, and the feeling of that rope is really important to me because it represents trust. And everything I do now um, is very trust-based. 
And the magic which came into my life when my daughter was four, my wife said to me, what are we going to do for our daughter's birthday? You know, like entertainment was, I don't know. And she said, oh, you did magic tricks when you were a kid, didn't you? And I said, oh, yeah. She said, well, you can do a magic show for the the kids. And I said, I don't think so. And if you know my wife, she said, I think so. (laughs) And so... I went on, uh, I was traveling when, as, as a cameraman. So I literally went to the library and got out some kids' books on magic. I, I didn't know anything. And uh, I found when I was away traveling, hey, this was a really good thing to do. Uh, it could fill my time because you've got to be really careful when you're traveling a lot because you can either do two things with your time. You can sit in the motel room and count the bricks in the wall and go crazy, or you can go down to the bar and piss your money up against the bar. You know, it's it's a real danger. So finding what I was, you know, uh, called was a, a a part B of my a plan B of my life. Part of my life I took away with me. I used to take away black and white photography, um, darkroom gear in a little box and sit in motel darkrooms and print black and white photos. That was always a good thing to do. But I found like magic was a good thing to do. And then when you're away and traveling, people go, oh, you do some magic. Would you do some? And yeah, sure. And I just found out it was a really good way to build rapport with people because get this, apparently people don't trust the media apparently so i've so, heard rumors of that yeah so when you could make uh, uh people smile and particularly make their kids smile barriers started to come down and a level of trust you know started to build so i found it really uh effective and so that is i've used magic as a tool you know the ma- magic for me really is is not a passion there are a lot of magicians out there you know that was you know since they were eight years old that's all they, they they've ever done it's not like that for me. Magic is a really effective tool that, that I respect. And I, you know, I love the mechanics of magic and I love the psychology of magic. It's this beautiful um, marriage. And so it, it's worked effectively. Now, how the rope and the, and the magic come together is that my favorite magic tricks of all are rope magic tricks. And I couldn't work this out for ages. I kept, I kept on going back to it. And now I've put the two and two together is I just feel so good, that sense of trust. Um, and, you know, when you're performing in front of people, uh, whether it's in a magic show or whether you're speaking to an audience, um, feeling confident and, and building that relationship with the audience and, and having rope in my hand. So when I'm speaking, uh, I generally finish this one rope trick and, and it's, it's all story based and it, it's a lovely way to finish a presentation. Um, but I, it just gets me in a zone. It's, it's a really tactile thing. Feeling this rope in, in, in my hand gets me in that zone. That's a bit of a waffle, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> but I think no, it's, it's really good because as you say, it's, it's a tool that has served you well over the years and one that you continue to use. And, as I've heard with magic, not being a magician myself, the more you do a trick, the better you get at it. So by this stage, some of your rope tricks should be um, sensational because having done them so often, um, one of the things that it's been, I don't know if it's a mantra for you, but it's an underlying message from what I understand is being unhappy at work is not a life sentence. And there are so many people who are like, Oh, it's Monday or no, another day, another dollar or life begins outside of work. Obviously, that hasn't been a thing for you because once you got to that point, you were like, time for something completely different. How common is it for people to be unhappy at work in your experience? Oh, look, in my, I mean, I can't say in my personal experience, but certainly in, in my research, 
is that um, um, you know lack of engagement at work is just huge and it's and it's it's growing. I mean, you know, there are figures and these are very rubbery figures depending on which expert that you know you want to listen to. You know, it it, it can be somewhere from thirty up to seventy percent of people are you know disengaged, don't want really want to be at work, um, and you know. Uh, I, I get that, I understand it, but it does not have to be that way. And I'm not saying it's easy. It is not easy to take yourself out of where you are now, but it is 100% possible to do that. And that simply comes down to you accepting responsibility. Because every, every time you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's all very good, but you don't understand my situation. Everything that comes after the word but is, <laughs> is, is, is an excuse. And... I am. I say, but too, but, but <laughs> what I do then is is I stop myself and I um, ask, am I just going into reaction mode or am I responding? You know, is you know, am, have I actually thought this through? Um, you know, look, it takes an awful lot of um, um, pain. It's it's not nothing I've done in my changes is, is easy, but I actually like that. I don't want an easy life. I don't want a comfortable life. I want a challenging life because it's that challenging life that, that um, um, gives me the reward. It gives me that, that uh, the fulfillment that I'm after. So for anyone who's listening, who feels that they might be like, I'm unhappy at work or I'm stuck in a job. What are two or three things that they can do to not, you know, hand them my resignation and bail, but what are a couple of things that will start them down the path to, Looking for alternatives, changing their approach. Okay. Number one is don't throw your job in. That's the craziest thing you can ever do because your job is going to fund you. You, you, you need to be funded. So this process of change <laughs> needs dollars under it. So stick, stick with your job. Then number one thing you've got to do is accept responsibility. You have to understand that this is, this is all to do with you because no one out there really cares about you and it, 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 it's a cruel thing to say but it's a reality you can sit in your woe is me state um, and think that you're the cent, you know the center of the world and the world really does you know care that you fulfill your potential but nobody does and until you accept that and go hey this is all up to me nothing's going to happen um, then what you've got to do is you've got to learn unlearn and relearn you've got to start challenging all these assumptions all these ideas that you know the first thing you know in your first job and you went into the tea room on the first day and some old guy came to you put his arm around your shoulder and said son let me tell you how the world works and you know um, you know and that became an operating system for you because you've never challenged it you've got to challenge that and so the easiest way to do this is what I do every morning. I did it. I've just come back before speaking to you. Uh, I go out onto Footpath University. And Footpath University is where I go up at 5 a.m. Uh, every morning. And you, time wise, you can do this in the morning. You can do it at night. You just have to start setting the pattern in place. But I go out at 5 a.m. every. 5am every morning. And I go out and I listen, I walk for an hour and I listen to a podcast. So I exercise my body and I exercise my mind. Every day I'm learning something new. Now I've been doing this now for three and a half years or so. And it's like, so let's say 300 days a year that I get out. It's nearly like a thousand hours of great education and people undervalue this wonderful tool 
this smartphone that we, we have in our pocket. You pay $1,500 for it and all you're doing is playing Candy Crush on it and making a couple of phone calls. This has more power than the ABC that I used to work for. The, uh, more, more power than the TV network is more power than most radio stations. It is more power than most universities put together and you put it in your pocket and don't use it. Mm. So I get out there and educate myself there. So what Footpath University, I, it's this idea I call expand your mind and shrink your waistline at the same time. <laughs> so that, and it is incredible that, that, that um, the learning that I've got from that and then the opportunity and the ideas. See, coming into the next decade of work, it's a lot about joining dots. It's not about learning knowledge and going through the schooling system that, you know, we've you know, all been through in the last, you know, 50 to 100 years uh, about just collecting and knowing information. We don't need to know information anymore. It's here. It's on our phone. You know, you can just search it straight away. Mm-hmm. What the idea is now is, okay, can I get ideas and can I connect those ideas together? Um, and what will come out of that? And that's going to be so big in so many industries. Uh, and using a smartphone, look, that's a simple way to start getting in, into that pattern, that mindset. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, changing it from a phone to actually a smartphone and using it for smart purposes. Mm. Hey, yeah. Julian, thank you so much for your time today. It's been great chatting to you. I'm sure we could keep uh, chatting on, but uh, time is of the essence. If people want to find out more about you or get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, the easiest way is to go to julianmather.com, J-U-L-I-A-N-M-A-T-H-E-R.com, and everything I do is there. Fantastic. What's next, just quickly as we wrap up, what's next for you? What's your, what's your current project that you're working on? Uh, my current project is Get Video Smart. Uh, so we are uh, coming into the uh, – where we are in the video age. We are socially in the video age. We'll all stand around a barbecue uh, with a beer in our hands and a set of tongs and uh, we'll make a little video for our friends. Ha, 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 mate, mate, mate. We'll all get on video. But put a suit and tie on us we won't go near us. You know, the business world is lagging so far behind. Mm. We are all going to be communicating using video. And there's a simple reason for it. And it comes down to that more people in the world own a smartphone than own a toothbrush now. And there's a simple physical reality. Have a look at that little text on your smartphone. It's really small and your fingers are big and fat and Mm. it's too hard to use. And because we now like the convenience of the smartphone, we will be communicating using video because it's easy and business is doing that too. And businesses over here in their own little world and all their customers are using smartphone. Business has to get on board. So that's, that's my passion is to help business get into the video age. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've seen quite a few of your great little uh, video messages and video tips and they're brilliant. So thank you for those. Uh, Julian, great. Thank you so much again for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, Warwick. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Mary. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Mary. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. 
Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your success. <laughs>